Hi there, I am Ivone Campos Rojas, in Santa Cruz de la Sierra, Bolivia. You are listening to the English Sabbath School Podcast, Information and Transformation. Hello, hello, dear friends. I'm Mo Saina for the English Sabbath School Podcast. Yes, my name is Moisir, but my friends call me Mo, so feel free to call me Mo. Today is Lesson 2 for Thursday, January 11th. Yes. And today's title, Oh, Restore Us Again. Oh, there is so much fervor, so much faith, so much hope in these words, restore us again. I love the idea that God specializes in broken people. Oh, Father, thank you so much. Now, we are invited to open our Bibles, but first, shall we pray? Oh, Father, please send down your spirit that we may understand that uh, your word is our hope. Christ is our only hope. We look to you. You are our Savior. May we learn to depend on you, to take you at your word. May we become really aware that we depend upon you. Oh, Father, you know what we need. You know the help that we need. But we can safely put our trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So we're invited to do what, Fabio? Yes, and Ali, missing you guys, missing you. Hope you're having a great time in Brazil or you have already returned to Argentina. I don't know, you're globetrotters, globetrotters. So I don't know, but wherever you are, you listen to our podcast and it's much appreciated. Thank you so much. Now, we are supposed to open our Bibles. Yes, don't be lazy. Come on, come on. Yes, I, I like opening the paper Bible, but when I'm recording the podcast, I usually use uh, the app because it's easier and faster, so I save time. Every minute counts, every second counts. Time is money, as I say, but focus, Mo, focus. Psalm 60, verses 1 through 5. I'm going to be reading from the NIV, the New International Version, but please feel free to use any translation that you prefer. Psalm 60 for the director of music, to the tune of the Lily of the Covenant. A miktam of David for teaching. So here we have uh, the purpose of the song, the melody, the tune that it was supposed to be sung to, and also that the per the objective of that song that was for teaching. Interesting, isn't it? So it starts when he fought Aram Naharaim. Oh yeah, there's what it's not finished. It's not it's not finished. But there is a, one more observation. When he fought Aram Naharaim and Aram Zobah, and when Joab returned and struck down 12,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt. Okay. You have rejected us, God, and burst upon us. You have been angry. Now restore us. You have shaken the land and torn it open, mend its fractures, for it is quaking. You have shown your people desperate times. You have given us wine that makes us stagger. But for those who fear you, you have raised a banner to be unfurled against a bow. Save us and help us with your right hand, that those you love may be delivered. His banner over me is love. I remember that song. Do you remember it? It was a, a long ago chorus that we used to sing. His banner over me is love. Yes, his banner over us is love. Beautiful. Psalm 60, verses 1 through 5. Let us read it from the King James Version. Yes, the King James Version, written in, published, first published in 1611. Can you believe it? It says the following. O God, thou hast cast us off, thou hast scattered us, 
thou hast been displeased, O turn thyself to us again. Thou hast made the earth to tremble, thou hast broken it. Heal the breaches thereof, for it shaketh. Thou hast showed thy people hard things. Thou hast made us to drink the wine of astonishment. Thou hast given a banner for them that fear thee, that it may be displayed because of the truth. Selah, that thy beloved may be delivered, save with thy right hand and hear me. Beautiful too. Remember what Selah means? Yes, we saw that uh, last week. Yes, for those of you who are Portuguese speakers, we make a joke saying that Selah means... Uh, uh, I don't know, say la in Portuguese, we would say, I don't know at all, but it's not. Say la is a pause, a musical pause for meditation, for reflection, for a change of the arrangements. Uh, it's a little bit uh, unclear still today, the meaning of the word. And by the way, some people were asking me, in Portuguese, it is pronounced say la, say la. The stress in the last syllable, okay? In English also, but they, uh, I hear people putting a little A in the first syllable. So they say, say la, but say la, but uh, whatever you pronounce it, it's, a, a, it's such an interesting and uh, still little understood musical term, let us say like that, that uh, we keep it in the uh, original trans, uh, transliteration from Hebrew, say la, right? Did you hear that? The Google pronunciation has more like a sound of S, Salah, Salah, right? But it doesn't matter as long as we understand that it's a moment for you to pause as you're reading it, right? So you say there, thou hast given a banner to them that fear thee, that it may be displayed because of the truth, Salah, that by thy beloved may be delivered, save with thy right hand and hear me. And the New King James Version says it with the more contemporary English, says, you have given a banner to those who fear you, that it may be displayed because of the truth, Salah, that, you are, that your beloved may be delivered, save with your right hand and hear me. Interesting that the King James Version, the New King James Version, uh, and the New American Standard Bible, the American Standard Version, they kept Selah or Salah, but uh, the British, uh, the British, sorry, the NIV eliminated it. Interesting. I think they should keep it because it's part of what, what we are studying, right? So, Salah, Salah, it's a pause in the musical part. So here we have read it and the question is, for what occasions do you think this psalm would be a suitable prayer? How can we benefit from the psalms of lament even in joyous seasons of life? So this is considered a psalm of lament, but how can we benefit from it, even in moments that we are very happy? Well, we know that happiness is very transitory anyway, right? Psalms of lament are generally understood as prayers of people living through trying times, whether physical, psychological, spiritual, or all three. Oh, Father, have mercy. However, this does not mean that we should avoid these psalms, even in good times. No, 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 no. Sometimes there may be a total disjunction between the words of the psalm and the worshiper's present experience. That is, psalms of lament can be beneficial to worshippers who are not in distress. But um, apparently, from my own experience, 
more often than not, we are in some sort of stress and distress. Are we not? Let us be honest with ourselves here. First, these psalms, they can make us more aware that suffering is part of the general human experience and that it happens to both the righteous and the wicked. The psalms assure us, assure us that God is in control and provides strength and solutions in times of trouble. Even in this psalm, even amid the trouble, you have made the earth tremble. The psalmist displays his ultimate hope in God's deliverance. Second, the lament psalms, it teaches compassion toward the sufferers. When expressing our happiness and gratitude to God, especially in public, we must be mindful of the less fortunate. Sure, we might have things good right now, but who doesn't know of people all around us who are suffering terribly? Praying such psalms can help us not forget those who are going through tough times. The psalms should evoke in us compassion and a desire to minister to the suffering as Jesus did. Opening a parenthesis here, of course, when we are leading praise and worship in our churches, in our community, we try to show moments of joy and we let the words of the song, the expressions that we are singing, to transmit peace, to transmit joy, to transmit celebration. But there are moments that there, and there are songs and hymns and psalms that are for deep introspection, for feeling really the suffering and the anguish and the angst that some people are going through. Sometimes even the worship leader, isn't it? So we have to be aware of that. But it's no excuse if you're in a bad situation to mistreat people or to insult people because you are in a bad situation, a bad place. Because uh, this is something that upsets me. Uh, sometimes people are extremely rude for one reason or another. And then people say to, to me, oh, Mo, don't worry. That person is going through a very difficult time, blah, 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 blah. Okay. But it doesn't give you a green light to, or a green card to, for you to, um, to go ahead and hurt me. So take it easy. Control yourself. All right. Close parenthesis. Now, there is a beautiful quote by Ellen G. White from the book Welfare Ministry, pages 24-25. This world is a vast Lazar house, but Christ came to heal the sick, to proclaim deliverance to the captives of Satan. So opening a parenthesis here, this Lazar house. This is here, a Lazar house is... Um, Usually, it's more archaic and it's not used anymore, but it's a hospital for persons with infectious diseases like leprosy. Uh, another name for Lazaretto, that we can understand, those of you who speak English, uh, Portuguese or Spanish, it's very close to that. So, about a person that is sick, right, or with infectious disease. Uh, that's um, Lazar House. Uh, and so Ellen White is speaking about it there when she says, this world is a vast Lazar House, isn't it? But Christ came to heal the sick, to proclaim deliverance to the captives of Satan. He was in himself health and strength. He imparted his life to the sick, the afflicted, those possessed of demons. He turned away none who came to receive his healing power. He knew that those who petitioned him for help had brought disease upon themselves, yet he did not refuse to heal them. 
And when virtue from Christ entered into these poor souls, they were convicted of sin, and many were healed of their spiritual disease, as well as of their physical maladies. The gospel still possesses the same power, and why should we not today witness the same results? Wow, deep question. Ellen G. White from the book Welfare Ministry, pages 24-25. Final question. Whom do you know right now who needs not only our prayers, but your ministering touch as well? Wow, yeah. Providing relief, providing restoration to people who are suffering. Oh, Father, enable us to do that because we don't know how. <laughs> but that's the end of lesson two for Thursday, January 11th. Oh, restore us again. If you have a chance, go on and read the whole Psalm 60. We read only five verses. So let us try to read uh, uh, the, the whole Psalm now. Psalm 60. I'm going to be reading from the NIV, the New International Version. All right. So, uh, and they say here, for the director of music to the tune of the Lily of the Covenant, a miktam of David for teaching. Uh, a footnote uh, in my Bible says that this is probably a literary or musical term uh, for teaching when he fought Aram Naharaim, um, uh, that is the Arameans of Northwest Mesopotamia, and Aram Zobah, that is uh, the Arameans of Central Syria. And when Joab returned and struck down 12,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt. So the psalmist wrote, You have rejected us, God, and burst upon us. You have been angry. Now restore us. You have shaken the land and torn it open, mend its fractures, for it is quaking. You have shown your people desperate times. You have given us wine that makes us, makes us stagger. But for those who fear you, you have raised a banner to be unfurled against a bow. Save us and help us with your right hand, that those you love may be delivered. God has spoken from his sanctuary. In triumph I will parcel out Shechem and measure off the valley of Sukkoth. Gilead is mine and Manasseh is mine. Ephraim is my helmet. Judah is my scepter. Moab is my wash basin. Or on Edom I toss my sandal. Over Philistia I shout in triumph. Who will bring me to the fortified city? Who will lead me to Edom? Is it not you, God, you who have now rejected us and no longer go out with our armies? Give us aid against the enemy, for human help is worthless. With God, we will gain the victory, and he will trample down our enemies. That was lesson, uh, the Psalm 60. Well, my friends, this is lesson Two for Thursday, January 11th. I'm Mo Saina. For more information, please get in touch with us on Facebook or Instagram, Believes in Us. Tell friends about our podcast, available on any podcast platform. Rate us with five stars so that more people may discover us. Thank you, my friends, for listening, for sharing, and for praying with us and for us. Sorry about going a little bit over 10 minutes, but we're trying our best to study the Word of God for information and transformation.